0: Welcome to another aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoyed this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. One of the things I've been looking at a little bit is the book of Acts of late. And um, I've been going through the book of Acts, just studying it and (laughs) just seeing what you know, what did those guys have that we might have lost a little bit? And, you know, what can we learn from, from the early church? And, and it's just, I mean, we all know it. It's like nothing new. But when I look at it again, I just keep seeing this massive theme of the Holy Spirit. Just written in humongous letters all over the pages is, It is the season of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. It is about the Spirit of God. It's about this partnership with Him, with the Holy Spirit. And this is what what, what we need more than ever before. Is back to the basics almost of that. Right? I Wanna mention that maybe as a starting point, and then I want to jump into, into this scripture and we're gonna see how we end up there. So so we spoke about all this stuff. Remember that word recalibrate, remember? recalibrate, we're realigning, we're we're being refined by the fire so that we can have the gold list. And um and then remember those last verses uh, in chapter two, verse nineteen and twenty, that's where we end that I will betroth you, I will betroth you, I will betroth you, remember. And uh, the covenant that he's making and all these massive promises. And then he goes into into this part and he says he's prophesying um and he's saying this, he says Verse 21, it it shall come to pass in that day that I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth. Okay. It's an incredible thing that suddenly shifts in these verses. The minute that the heart is aligned with God and that's what we've been going for. Right? This is what he's calling us to, is that realignment with our hearts with his. It's intimacy, it's seeking the Lord, it's keeping the main thing, the main thing. And the minute that happens, the Lord says an amazing thing. He says, and I will answer, I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth. Right? Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because suddenly there is a cry in the heart of the earth that is aligned with what is happening in heaven and the cry on earth draws from the rain from heaven and suddenly this outpouring starts taking place of the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, that is the ultimate desire. is this alignment between our hearts and His and the minute that happens, heaven and earth aligns. Because in another, in another translation it says that the earth is crying out for the rain and the heaven will answer by pouring out the rain. So it's like this cry from, from, from us, the body, from creation that goes, we need the rain of heaven. And the Lord says, when all of those things have taken place, the covenant, the repentance, the whole thing, and our hearts is truly set on Him once again, He says, then I will answer and the heavens will start pouring out the rain. Isn't that what we want? It's, it's this cry that we want the outpouring, but I think we've pushed for it so hard and, and we want revival, we want the Spirit of God, we want a fresh outpouring. Uh, we, want, we want to see Him move in, in ways that frighten us, and that, but, but it rips through a nation and, and changes the, hearts of, the heart of a nation. That's what we want to see. We want, want to see nations and cities change. We want to see families change. We want to see personal revival. We want to see this thing shift into a whole different gear. But unless our own hearts Doesn't come into alignment It's not going to happen But when that happens He says I will answer I will answer And the heavens will respond The heavens will respond And it's physical and spiritual Physical and spiritual It's both And, and he goes on And he makes a statement He says The earth shall answer Listen to this With grain With new wine and with oil they shall answer Jezreel which means the Lord sows the Lord sows the Lord sows and the earth will respond with grain with new wine and with oil because of the Lord because I will answer so obviously that is food products which we need right but the grain represents the Word. Okay, it need, it, it's a fresh look at the Word. Fresh anointing off of the Word of the Lord. Fresh revelation off of the Word of the Lord that grips us. And it's, it's, it's something that's fresh. It's being poured out of heaven. With new wine. Right, it's the wine of intimacy. We've spoken about it. It's the wine of the covenant as well. It's the blood. It's a representation of all of that. And with oil. Which speaks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Lord. Right? There's a, a shift. Um, the other verse that's kind of been speaking to me is... Uh, where is it now? Joel 2, verse 20, 23 to 24. It's just a couple of pages to the right. Um, it says, Be glad then... You children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Isn't that, we kind of read that stuff so often, but we miss what it's saying. It's like, be glad, you children of Zion, so that's a place of belonging. Rejoice in the Lord your God. This is like a, we don't like recipes, but it's a recipe. This is a bit of a, you know, do this. Rejoice in the Lord your God. The promise is still coming. So they're going back to the space where we just say, I'm rejoicing in the Lord because He's the Lord. Not, not because of benefits, not because of anything that I want. I'm just feeling wrecked like most of us are at the moment. Like I can just be stuck in the worship where we were like just a minute ago and just sit there and go, I can do this for a while. Just sit with Him, just go. Oh. Rejoice in the Lord, that's what it looks like. There's another verse that I love, Psalm 65, verse 1. It says, even silence is like praise to the Lord. Sometimes when you're just quiet, it's such a good thing to be quiet sometimes. We really struggle with it. It's it's not a great gift in the body. But like, you know who's my favorite kind of people? People that talk a lot, because then I don't have to. They just run with the conversation. I can just sit there and go, okay, this is awesome. We can just relax. (laughs) But sometimes we just need to go, shh, and just sit before the Lord because words kind of fail us a little bit. Like I actually don't know what to say anymore. That's a really good place to be. And the Lord sees that and he goes, that looks like praise to me. Because your heart is in submission to the Lord. All right? um, Rejoice in the Lord, for he has given you the former rain and he will cause the latter rain to come. And the latter and the former rain will come in the first month. And we all know this verse, but I believe there is a coming together of moves of the Spirit. Of the past and then the present. He says, I'm going to pour this all into one. Like there's a, a, a spiritual outpouring where past moves, past things that he's highlighted in our lives, he's going to bring that in again with the future thing. And it's going to be this outpouring of grace That's going to be greater than anything we've ever seen before. It's not going to be Azusa Street. It's not going to be a Lakeland. It's not going to be the voice of healing. It's not going to be Brownsville. But it will be as well. It's going to be the old and the new that comes together in the season. And we're going to see God do amazing exploits in this season. But the other thing that he told me the other day is he said, it is a season of healing that has come here. And I saw it so clearly. I saw him walking through... um, through a field and the grain the the kernels his grain it grain? it was ripe you know it was ripe on the field and I saw the Lord walk and he just put his hand like that and he just started pulling the, the, the grain off of the, you know, off of the field. And he just started holding it. And as he did it, I would see people in, in the, the grain. And I would see people with Down syndrome. And I saw people that suffering with this and people addicted to that and people with this. And he just started pulling it and he says, I'm going to heal. I'm going to heal. It's a first fruit season for me. I'm going to get my reward. I'm going to get my harvest in this season. I want to encourage you guys. We need to press into healing, right? spiritual physical emotional all of that right there's a grace on this thing at the moment that the lord wants to do but it's this coming together of 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 these seasons right and what i want to what i want to get to a little bit is just the book of acts just simple stuff this is not new but hopefully we we get to something right but I'm reading the book of Acts and I'm reading the stories. It's too many scriptures, so just go and read the Book of Acts, alright? It's gonna be good it's good for you in any way. <laughs> just read it. Right? But but you look at the book of Acts and you see this this early church that again is fascinating that the birthing place of the early church is in waiting. Not in ministry programmes, not in plans, not in blueprints, waiting. 120 people waiting. That's the starting point. Just waiting. Okay? This is a good advice for all of us. 120 people waiting for the Spirit to come. Now I know He's here. I get it. I get it. Calm down, theologians. (laughs) But waiting. Right? That's how it starts. And I'll, I'll get back to Acts 2 in a minute. But then, then it, it, it starts moving. And you, there's all of these encounters. I love my, One of my favorite ones is in Acts chapter 8. Where, where Philip the evangelist is moving in incredible miracles, signs, wonders and power. In, in Samaria. It's just right after the persecution of, where Stephen got, got martyred. And it's a scattering of the church, uh, Acts chapter eight, and and suddenly they're pushed into you know all these regions that they never went before, and and, and this guy is just preaching. He's on fire. He's a deacon that is full of the Holy Spirit and full of the power of God. Uh, that's what a deacon should be, I think. Full of the Holy Spirit and full of the power of God. And this guy's moving around and his deliverance and healings and just crazy breakthroughs. Cities are coming to the Lord. And, and, and it's exciting, you know. And, and Philip reports back to the guys in Jerusalem, the Apostolic Council or whatever you want to call them, because that's what they were. The elders of the church. That's actually what they are, elders. And he reports back to them and they hear about it and they, and they, you know, I give Philip a WhatsApp, obviously. And they say, Hey, Phil, um, that's awesome what's happened there. But I just want to get something straight. Um, w- did they get baptized in the Holy Spirit? And Philip sends an emoji with, you know, that one. <laughs> meaning, no. Right? And Peter and John is like, Well, that's unacceptable. We're coming tomorrow. Right? And they get Uber and they're on their way. <laughs> anyway, so they... <laughs> They finally get there, and, and these are the verses, Acts chapter 8. just It's so simple, but it just blew my mind. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's a revival meeting that just took, took place. Philip just started a small revival in Samaria. It's fantastic, right? People are getting healed. People are getting set free. It's exciting times. And then verse 14 um, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, this is what I want you to see, is this is an outrageous revival meeting that took place. People are getting born again, people are getting delivered, the city is in turmoil, good turmoil. All of this is happening, Philip is like, I think my job is done, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm grateful, I'm happy, thank you Jesus, and here we go. And the apostles hear about it and they're like, okay, but the job is absolutely not done. The greatest thing in all of this is missing, they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I read it, I realized, I think, for me, maybe you guys are in a different phase, but I think maybe we, we've we kind of missed that a little bit in our focus of late, of the magnitude of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And now we've kind of, I don't know what's happened, but somewhere in there it got a little bit quiet. We're not talking about it that much. I mean, there was no discipleship course, no no, nothing, no whatever stuff that we do that is awesome, they went, I've oh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, okay, well that's not good. We need to come. This this deal is not sealed at all. And these guys rock up and they're like, Listen, we need to lay hands on you because as of yet the Holy Spirit has not fallen upon them. He's not fallen they they, they haven't they don't have the full package yet. All right? And I'm saying this to just kind of go, we, we're talking about this outpouring, the former rain, the latter rain. We're talking about heaven responding to the earth. We're talking about a deeper walk with the Lord. But without that baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. It's awesome, it's exciting. The miracle signs, wonders, the power, all of those things, it's flowing. But we need that, that, in, that clothing, empowerment, whatever you want to call it, of the Spirit of God. It was so important that they left everything and said, we're we're going to fix that. In Acts chapter 19, you see exactly the same thing. Paul is going, he's on his way to the city of Ephesus. He meets 12 guys. They start chatting. They're like, oh, we're followers of Jesus. He's like, that's fantastic. Um, Have you been baptized? They say, yeah, yeah, we've been baptized. And he's going into which baptism have you been baptized? They say, no, the baptism of John, which is what? A baptism of repentance, which is kind of what we've been doing, right? He's like, that's awesome, but there's a different one that you need. They're like, what, what do you mean? They're like, we haven't heard about it. He says, have you heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He's like, what is the Holy Spirit? Literally, that's what I said. We, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. He's, Paul is like, this is all wrong. This is not going to work. Okay, sit down. <laughs> right? We're going to talk now. Right? You guys are missing out on something here. And he says, first of all, you need to be baptized ...into Jesus, right? That, that means you, you need the baptism of forgiveness, the, it's communion, it's born-again life, it's all of those things. He says, and then, I'm going to lay hands on you, and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says, immediately the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they started speaking in different languages, different tongues. And Paul mo- moves on, and he's got twelve uh, disciples in a moment, right? And then you start reading how Ephesus breaks out in a citywide revival... A city-wide revival, where the witches and the warlocks bring all their uh, witchcraft and mag- you know magician stuff, and they bring it into the city, value of thousands and thousands of dollars, and they just pour it out and they burn it. And how did it start? Twelve guys getting filled with the Holy Spirit, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit again. I know this is basics, like uh, you know, I know. But we actually need this. So these guys were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's part one. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we need to start crying out to God for that and let tonight be that night. If you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I know many of you, so I know many of you have. Right? But if you haven't, we need to get baptized in the Spirit of God. Because otherwise there's a part of this walk in the Lord that's always a a closed book a little bit. In our villages we see it over and over, they, they get in, in touch with the Lord, they they start repenting, they start accepting Jesus, they start getting into the Word. But man, that veil is over their eyes, they, it's like they cannot understand the Word, there's no understanding, there's no grit for it, until, until they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, spiritually, things open up for them and they get understanding. And they get revelation and they start understanding because he's the spirit of truth. He's the one that will lead you into all truth. Into all truth. Into all truth. Listen, some of you have been saved for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I don't know how long. But we cannot, we cannot have a lukewarm relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? We have to dial up our sensitivity to his voice and to who he is. So, so that's the one part you see over and over that whatever happens the, the main thing was you know we, we need to get them baptized one of my favorites is in Acts chapter 10 where Peter is with Cornelius and, and you know the whole new Gentile world that's opening up love that story one of, it's one of the best stories isn't it like Peter good boy good Jew and God says eat this stuff and he's like Lord far be it from me I'm not eating this <laughs> the Lord says no it's creeping and crawling things eat it and he's like uh uh-uh. uh I'm pure, I'm not doing that And the Lord's like, man, you're so thick-headed Eat it, Peter <laughs> And finally he gets it Ah, it's about the Gentiles Okay, alright And then the next minute Cornelius' servants arrived right there Because there was an angel at his house And an angel at Peter's house And the same angel was talking or traveling Or I don't know what was going on Awesome, very normal Christianity kind of story, Right? And then he finally goes to them and he's like, why, why am I here? But in his heart, he's still a bit of a, I wouldn't say racist, but he's, he's a Jew and very Gentiles. And even though Jesus said, he's still not really getting this thing yet. Right. And they're going, listen, this is what happened. The angel appeared to me. You're supposed to be here. You know, all of this stuff. And he goes, "Okay, I'm going to share with you the story. And Peter shares like a, a two minute message. Right. Two minute message. And and it's beautiful, verse 44, and it says, And while Peter were talking about these things, these things being the story, the gospel story, while Peter was talking about Jesus, while Peter was talking about the resurrection, while Peter was talking about our favorite, love that verse, 1038, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. That's in there. And how he died and how he raised him up again. And Peter is just sharing the simplest part of the gospel. And while Peter is talking about these things, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And Peter goes, if the Holy Spirit is on them, then the gospel is for the Gentiles as well. And suddenly they go, one plus one is two. Okay. But... Cornelius was a great guy. He loved God. He gazed. He was faithful. He was spoken about by everybody, by everybody. But that day invited him into the kingdom. Do you hear that? He's so faithful that God will release an angel to go and visit this guy and talk to Peter about this guy. This is how awesome this guy is. This Gentile guy. Loves God. And God goes, something is missing. You lack one thing. So I'm going to send Peter. And the Holy Spirit fell on them. Right? And that shifted everything. And the door to the Gentiles opens up. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Then if you keep reading the book of Acts. uh, Then you see another interesting moment. Or uh, other interesting reality, it's uh, infilling or refilling or refueling, whatever you want to call it, of the Holy Spirit. So, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it's an absolute top priority in the kingdom that must happen to believers. That must happen to believers. It's so important they'll stop everything to get that thing done, because that's important. It's so powerful that the magician looks at it and he says, I will pay you money if I can have that gift. And he got rebuked quite heavily. This is how powerful the Holy Spirit outpouring is. Right? Or this baptism in the Holy Spirit. But then the next thing, like I said, then there's this, the infilling. By the way, the word fell upon them, it means rushed upon them, or lied upon them, or forced himself upon them. Whack! <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I could do that. Just uh, just rush upon me, Lord. Just say it to him. Lord, rush upon me. Rush upon me, Holy Spirit. Oof. but then there's the infilling so we remember the story Acts chapter 3 the gate beautiful is it Peter, James and John or is it just Peter and John? Peter and John? just Peter and John so they the, the, the paralyzed guy uh, that's been paralyzed for life uh, sitting at the gate beautiful he gets healed funny story Jesus probably walked by him I don't know how many times they didn't heal him right? Why? Because he was setting up somebody else for something. That's why it's important that you step up in your gift. Do you hear me? Jesus didn't heal that guy. He was there. right? That's in the city. He was there. I right? say so every day he was at that gate. So Jesus saw him, yet he didn't heal him. He waited for Peter and John to do it. There might be people that's not getting healed around you, but it's been set up for you to pray for them, but you keep going, oh no, Pastor Jan with no bit. Of Jakes with no bit, of Dalai, or of Martin, or Andre of Yokoh, it's not it's not me. And God's saying I set something up for you. You know? Just a thought. Moving on. So, this is happening. Then they, they get drawn in front of the Sanhedrin and they get in a lot of trouble because that's what they did. They got in trouble. They get, you know, rebuked. I think they got beat. They got sent out. And then all of them come together again and they go, Lord, they pray this awesome prayer. End, end of Acts chapter 4, remember? They're all again together in a house and they're just going, oh, we are so happy that we could get persecuted for the name of Jesus, man. We feel so blessed that the honor has been bestowed on us, right? Man, what a church. Oh my goodness. Oh. But just a side story. I'm reading Brother Yoon's book, the censored version, to my children at night. Oh my... I don't know, do you remember that book, Heavenly Man? Ah, oh man, you should read it again. Or don't. It's just going to mess you up. Just read it and I'm going... The things we complain about is really kind of <laughs> insignificant compared to some of the things those people are facing, right? Anyway, so they're just rejoicing. Thank you so much that we can be persecuted, Jesus. We love and appreciate that. <laughs> and, um, and then they start praying. They say, Lord, just... Just give us boldness to keep preaching your word. We just want, we don't want to stop now. We're like, ah, oh, we hit a bit of a wall, our backs are hurting, but just give us extra boldness. Just stretch out your hand as we preach and as we declare the name of your son, Jesus, would you continue to heal them and just do the miracle signs and wonders so that people can see you. And then it says, and while they were praying, the house started shaking literally and they were all filled with the Spirit of God. The same guy, so there's a refilling, right? They refueled a little bit. So there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the initial moment, because so I know you guys know this, right? But then there's a refilling, there's an extra layer to it, however you want to call it, but there's just like, oh, I can do with some more. So Holy Spirit come and shake this house, and just, we are filled in the Spirit once again. And then the next verse goes, and everybody feared the apostles. Because they were walking in significant, great miracles, signs and wonders. And it's like the people were afraid to be with them because of the holiness, power and anointing that rested on their lives. Same guys from Acts chapter 2 that got filled. They got really filled in Acts chapter 4. Now everybody is afraid of them. Good afraid. It would be cool if, if the people's afraid of a church again. Like to speak rubbish about the church. But the fear of the Lord is so on you when you start talking about it. Because there's power in the house of the Lord. The presence of God is there. The fear of the Lord is on people when they speak. All right? And then again, Acts 13, verse 52. And it says that the apostles, the disciples were together and they were all filled with the Spirit again. So it's this continuous thing. It's, it's not a once-off event. But it is one of the greatest events that can happen to a New Testament believer. It's literally Jesus saying, and you know this, it's revision. It's Jesus saying, listen, it's a good thing that I leave, because otherwise the Holy Spirit will not come. Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about it, and he says, and he, seated, he was raised from the dead, and He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and He's sitting next to the Father, and He received the blessing, the gift, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Right? That's why in the old days they spoke about the blessing, right? They spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the blessing. It was something... It. it Everything build up to this place. Yes, it's salvation. Yes, it's, it's being born again and being, you know, being made new by the Lord. But that was never the end goal for Jesus and for the Father. The end goal was people that's anointed by the Spirit that can walk around and that can move and miracle signs and wonders can happen. Lives can be transformed. They can preach the gospel and power and conviction. And people will say, oh, but the finger of God has come near. When they asked Jesus, so they said to Jesus, you're, you're, you're possessed by like a demon. Remember that story? He was delivering people, casting out demons out of people. And then they go, oh no, he's doing it by, by Beelzebub. He's doing it by the spirit of the devil. And Jesus says, no, it's not it. it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That's where he speaks about the sin against the Holy Spirit, remember? It's when we call the work of the Spirit the work of, of hell. That's why we should maybe watch out what we say and just be really sure before we talk. Right? And then he goes, he says, No. Everything I do, I do by what? The Spirit. I I, uh, I don't know if you heard that. Jesus says, Everything I do on the earth, I do by whom? The Spirit. He says, I only do what I see my Father do, but everything I do, I do by the Spirit. So all the authority, all the miracles, all the power, the dead raisings, walking on water, multiplying food, just being Jesus, all of that is by who? The Spirit. That's why the baptism of the Spirit counts. And he says, if you see this, it means the finger of God came near. Imagine if the whole hand would come. <laughs> like, Not just the finger, otherwise it's too much. earth can't handle that, so let's just, you know, <laughs> just touch it. Isn't that awesome? So there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's the infilling, and then there's the other one that I want to get to. That's Acts chapter 2. That's the beginning point of everything. And, And these guys were gathered together, 120, in the upper room, waiting, waiting for the promise of the Lord, waiting for the promise from the Father, waiting for the Holy Spirit. And they're waiting. We all know the story. The next minute, this mighty rushing, the sound of a mighty rushing wind goes through the room, and they are lit up with fire, not the little, you know it's fire, right, fire all around them. And then suddenly there's a sound released in the city. You need to see <laughs> it's amazing. Suddenly they start speaking different languages and it's it's a feast. I don't know which feast it was, but like all the people from all the nations are there and everybody goes out and they're like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They must be drunk because we're hearing the praises of God being spoken in our own languages, meaning they got supernatural languages. There's the prayer language and the supernatural language as well. So they got all of that. And it, and this is what's amazing. You've got to hear this because there was a sound release. In that upper room that drew the whole city to them. Are you getting this? A sound went through the city when an outpouring... It's not a baptism. It's not an infilling. This is an outpouring of God. This is God spilling Himself onto the earth, if you want to put it like that. This is not an anointing on a man, which is awesome. We love the anointing. The anointing is awesome. When somebody shows up with an anointing, miracles can happen, things can happen, it's a glorious thing. But this is God overriding all of that, and He steps into a city, and the sound is released, and 3,000 people get born again in a day. No Facebook, no Instagram, no, guys, something's happening here, quickly come. Just a sound in the Spirit. Whack! And 3,000 people get born again. And by the way, the New Testament church is birthed. That was it. And the man that's walking in the image and likeness of God is birthed there in Acts chapter 2. It's an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We long for that. And when we go, Lord, we're aligning ourselves with you. We're saying, Lord, would you answer and let the heavens respond to the cry of the earth and pour out the rain that releases a sound that will bring in the lost, that releases a sound that will make people rush to this thing. Not because of hype, not because of great marketing, but because God has released something in a city and people go, oh, there's a draw to the Lord. I don't even know what it is, but I didn't like this church thing, but suddenly I'm going, I I need God. And then if you look at history, the last 2,000 years, over and over we see these moments. The Hebrides revival in, uh what's it, Duncan Campbell, I think it was in the 60s. Two old Tanis praying, we're going to talk about that. Two old Tanis praying, praying, praying. I think the one was 90 and the other one was 93. The one was blind and the other one had off-riders or something. That's the story. And they're just interceding. And suddenly a sound goes off in the spirit. Whack! And the youth starts rushing. People will rush to church 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. They'll just rush. They want to get saved. They want to get born again. It's an outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's an outpouring. This is what our hearts long for. We're looking for this thing and we're saying, Lord, this is what we want. You know, I started with Isaiah 41. We are parched. We are thirsty. Remember that? Right? And water also speaks of the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes in John 7. He says, if you are thirsty... Right. If you are thirsty, come to me and drink. And what will happen? Out of your innermost part, rivers of living water will flow. Remember Isaiah 41, it said, They are thirsty, they are parched, but they, have no, they don't have water. They don't know where to find water. And then Lord, the Lord says, I'm going to make water. I'm going to make it in the mountain, in the valley, in the low place. John 7, Jesus goes, are you thirsty? Right? On the last day of the feast, the most important day of the feast, he goes, are you thirsty? He's like, yeah, yeah, come and drink, because you're going to be satisfied, but something's going to happen with you. Rivers of living water is going to pour out of you. Because what? People are thirsty, they're parched, they need drink. What if you are the answer? What if we become those channels of life, of the river of life, that can flow through us and people can drink and find pure water? Psalm 65, verse 9, it says, Lord, your visitations of glory, it feeds the earth. It's like a river that flows onto the earth. Rivers will flow from your inside. And all he says is, come and drink. Come and drink. I don't want to talk more. Right? The point is this, we need it. The point is, we need a Holy Spirit awakening in our hearts. We need... A relationship with Him. We're crying out, God, would you answer? Would you answer? And the, and the heavens will respond and the earth will be satisfied. A new grain, new wine, a new oil. Right? And what I want to pray tonight, what my expectation is, is that simply that one of those three things will happen. Or all of the above. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, that has never happened to you. A refilling, an infilling, whatever. Round two, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. If that's what you need. And oh Lord, wouldn't it be awesome if there's an outpouring? Wouldn't it be phenomenal if there's just an outpouring and there's a sound released in the Spirit. And we don't have to make it work. We don't have to do anything. But God just, literally just, and the earth is fed. And the heavens are opened. And the rain is pouring out. Because that's what we desperately need. And I want you to stand for a moment and just stay in this place of reverence. Stay in the fear of the Lord. And turn your eyes to Him. Turn your eyes to Jesus. And while Peter was saying these things, Holy Spirit fell upon them <laughs> Holy Spirit we just want to say we are here Amen. and we cannot put you in a box and I don't want to f- <laughs> what does waiting look like I don't even know but we're just saying we're here and our hearts is with the King and we value you Holy Spirit So what I want you to do is just start coming forward. Let's start this way. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you come first? Just stand way in front. And you want to say, Lord, I I need a baptism in the Holy Spirit tonight. Right? Just come and make a line right in front. Stand here with our hearts and just say, Lord, just, just, can you release a sound? I love Psalm 40. It's one of my favorites, Psalm 40. And I will put a new song in their mouth. And I read it the other day and I thought, could it be that it was that sound that he was prophesying about? Was that sound in the spirit that drew his city? And... People are in the streets just crying out for Jesus. It says after Peter preached, it said they were cut to the heart. And I mean, listen, we've preached some pretty okay messages, you know, like I mean, like God showed up and all of that. But if you preach a message and people start crying out from the crowd, listen, what do we need to do now? Then you know God is moving, right? They were just ripped to the heart and going, oh, you know, Lord. Okay. So Holy Spirit, Come Come Come, Lord Thank you for listening to this session We hope that you were blessed by it For more information about the ministry Go to www.aflame.co.za Or find us on Facebook and Instagram Under Aflame Ministries Until next time Be blessed in Jesus' name